Proverbs 6. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, have given your pledge for a stranger, if you are ensnared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself, for you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep, and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart devising evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment he will be broken beyond healing. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. My son, keep your father's commandment, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. To preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress, do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he is hungry. But if he is caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts. Today's proverb, Proverbs 6, <clears throat> has a lot of wisdom about... Um, how to continue listening to the words of wisdom, how that will keep you away from the adulteress, how it'll keep you away from being a sluggard, 
and 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 to to consider the ant and to be diligent. That the one that stood out to me in terms of um, my meditation this morning is uh, number one, talking about how if you have a problem between you and your neighbor, go and take care of that right away because you don't want that to remain between you. And I think it's a financial issue in this one that you have some kind of loan that you he says that you put up security for your neighbor like you you um you owe them money and you're not going to be able to return it or something happened where um there was a default on some kind of loan but the part that stood out to me is these this section where it says in chap and I'm sorry verse 16 there are six things that the lord hates seven that are an abomination to him haughty eyes that means that your eyes are raised up and, and proud and you think that you're wise in your own eyes and you think that you're strong and you believe that you're better than other people. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Number four, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies. And it's interesting because... He already said a lying tongue. So it's not just someone who lies and tells lies, but a false witness means that you actually go to court or to, uh, you know, the social structures and tell lies about what someone's done. I'm witnessing falsely about what somebody has done. And the last one is the one that stood out to me. One who sows discord among brothers. Now, for me, I'm not much of an aggressive discord sower in terms of going around and gossiping about people or telling lies, but I think that there are ways in which you can be a person who sows discord in a more passive way by not approaching and talking about your problems with your, with your brother, by not addressing situations as soon as they come up, by allowing things to fester when they should be uh, taken care of right away, you know, an ounce of prevention. Uh, is is worth uh, however much it is. <laughs> An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of treatment, and um, and I, I see that you know to sow discord among brothers can be passive or aggressive. It can be gossiping. It can also be not addressing issues, um, and it's easy to allow a distance to build up between a brother. And then when you're part of a community, this becomes clear after a period of time and there can be a discord within the community when you see that there's something going on wrong between this woman and this woman or this man and this man or this family and that family and we're not sure what it is but it almost feels like we have to take sides and I pray that in God's church uh, in my own life and in yours uh, we would not be a brother who either lies about our brothers through gossip who um, or sows discord between people in any way, but rather we would be like that neighbor that goes right away and uh, makes things right. And I can grow in that myself. God bless you and have a great day on the 6th of this month. We read this scripture this past Sunday and I, I, I preached through it and there was something that stood out to me. Uh, even as I was preaching, it came into my mind and then afterwards uh, stuck with me and I'd like to share that. And it has to do with the phrase Jesus uses when he says, I am the way. And this is the scripture. He says to his disciples in uh, John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I'm going. So Jesus introduces this, this uh, section by saying, let, don't let your hearts be troubled. I know you just found out that I'm leaving and I said that you can't follow me. And he says, don't worry though. Don't let your hearts be troubled because there's many rooms in my father's house. In other words, where I'm going, there's a space for you also. And you're going to be there with me. And then this is part of the key elements of what stood out to me. He says, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you also uh, may be. And so he's telling his disciples that, hey, I'm going to the Father, but you can't follow me, but you will later. And what's going to happen later is that I will come back and I'm going to pick you up and I will take you to the Father. In other words, to heaven, to the place where God is. I'm going to bring you to God. And so when Thomas replies to him and he says, Lord, we don't know even where you're going. How can we know the way there? Because Jesus said that you already know the way. Jesus answers him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, when I've heard that phrase before, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. The way that I would have thought about that term, I am the way, would be in a, a number of different ways. You know, I am the way means that the way that I live, the way that I set an example for you is the way to be. That's, that's one means of understanding it. Another way would be to say that you need to come to me so that you can be forgiven of your sins. You can be made right with God through, through my shed blood and through the atonement that Jesus provided by going to the cross and then, and then subsequently his resurrection. Um, and there may be other ways of thinking about it. Turn away from your sin, turn towards me, the way of righteousness. Uh, and there's lots of different ways. But this is like the spaceship Jesus way. And what I mean is he's saying, hey, there's nothing that you can do in order to ascend to God. And Jesus says that elsewhere. No one has ascended to heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of God. Uh, you can also look back and say, people tried to ascend to heaven back in Genesis when they made the Tower of Babel. And in that, in that, God struck them down in that and divided the human race. And so our attempts to ascend and to reach up to heaven, to find a way there, whether it's through drugs or uh, some type of spiritual practice or um, good works or whatever it might be, you cannot find a way there. But Jesus is the way, and in this sense, he's saying, I'm going to come back from that place. That's why I like the spaceship metaphor. Uh, I'm going to come back on my spaceship, and I'm not talking literally, folks. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to pick you up and take you to the Father. But we can't just say, hey, God, I'm going to build a tall building, put on a, a, you know, a, a space suit with like a rocket pack, and I'm going to go to heaven. Jesus says, no, I am the way. So come to me. I'm the only way that you will be able to reach the Father. And it's not because heaven is so far away. It's because he's the one who will bring us to him. So I hope that uh, made sense to you. And, and uh, it was something that struck me that as Jesus is saying, I'm the way, in context, he told them, 
don't worry, although I'm going away, I'm going to return back. I'm going to pick you up. There are many rooms in my father's house, and that's true for all of us who follow Jesus to this day. There are plenty of rooms for us in the father's house, but Jesus is the way for how we will get to that resting place, that place with God.